It's a Tom Hanks podcast. Wow, it's Tom Hanks podcast. You've got Hanks, so let's say thanks for Hanks. Yeah. Hello and welcome to You've Got Hanks. This is the podcast about Colin Hanks. I'm Rachel, (laughs) and today I'm very excited because I have two of my favorite people. They're the hosts of the Nintendo Cartridge Society podcast. It's Patrick Ellers and Mark Mitchell. Yay. I am so excited to be back Um, and talking about Colin Hanks. Like, this is just making my day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Last time we were fortunate enough to talk about uh, Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. but we were talking about baby Tom Hanks. Yeah. In uh, Mazes and Monsters, uh, the cautionary tale about not ODing on D&D or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, I feel like today's movie like is a great like parallel to that. It's like poetry. You are going to have to sell that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of see it. Um. Well, well, obviously we're talking about <laughs> obviously because that, that um, we're talking about King Kong from 2005. <laughs> um, did you guys see this in theaters when it came out? Yes, I was very excited for this movie when it came out because um, I have fond memories of like seeing the original King Kong, and uh, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, like, like. I, as a kid, and I guess as an adult, but like when I was a kid, like I was really into like the idea of like movie making and Mm -hmm. how movies were made. And so there would be, there's like a TV show on the Discovery Channel called like Movie Magic. And it had like behind the scenes and how they made movies. And I thought that stuff was fascinating. So the original King Kong, like I, I wasn't a fan of the movie as so much as the like iconography of like King Kong. And so it was Peter Jackson, it seems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a fan of the iconography of the original. And so when, um, and you know, I loved Lord of the Rings movies. And so when he was going to make King Kong, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, that sounds like an amazing idea. Yeah. Did you yeah. see it? I, I was also very excited for this movie to come out. Um, was a big Lord of the Rings movie guy. Um, I had. Uh, growing up, I, I read the books with my dad um, and then like reread them when I was old enough to like read them on my own. So I was like, you know, th- those movies were I was all in on them. I was just excited to. And so like I was going to follow Peter Jackson, like whatever he was going to do next. Um, had no real affinity for um, King Kong as like a franchise. Um, but when this movie came out, I was back at my parents' house for whatever reason. 2005 I would have been in college so I, I don't know if I was home for like the holidays or, or what but I had some sort of dental procedure done <laughs> um, and, and um, my parents picked me up from the procedure and this is such a like a traumatic experience for me that a lot of the details are fuzzy <laughs> um, but I remember they uh, I, I must have been knocked out for whatever the procedure was because I, I remember being groggy at dinner and not really eating anything. Um, just kind of like sitting there and they're like, okay, well, we're going to go to this movie that you were excited about. And I was too, I was in pain, but I was like too out of it to protest at all. Um, so we went to this movie and, you know, my painkillers start wearing off about an hour into this movie. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. And, and so I spent the last two hours and seven minutes, uh, just in absolute agony, um, to the point where watching the movie again now, some 16 years later, uh, I, I didn't remember like any, any of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Rachel, did you, did you see it in the theater? I did. And I think I, I think I remember, okay. I remember going to see it and I was also like a film, not really, but I was like, I want to make movies. And I remember that like the original had like a really big, the last line or whatever, the mm-hmm. beauty kill the beast was like one of the most famous lines in cinema or something like yeah. that. So uh, when it came on, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but other than that, I don't remember anything from this movie, um, <laughs> which it's such a long movie. I didn't realize it was ten, three hours. <laughs> it was a 10 hours. 
It could have been. Well, it could have been ten hours. I mean, it's so crazy to me because I, I rented this on Amazon, and when yeah, you can choose which one to, you know, there's like the 4K HD, and then there's the extended version, there's an and you're extended? like, my God, what more could be in here? What is left on the cutting room floor? Oh, man, Peter had a wild time with this movie. I I was reading some of the you know when you watch it on Amazon there's the little fun facts on the side I would read X-ray. some of them yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was one that was like Jamie Bell's character Jimmy was not supposed to be in the movie but they created it for him and I was like they didn't need to have that character. I know oh my gosh <laughs> it's I like, mean it's a bad movie and he's there that relationship between Jimmy and Mr Hayes is the worst part of the movie it's so saccharine it's so fake. Yeah. Um, and like, there's so, ah, it just seems like over and over again, Peter Jackson wanted an opportunity to have Sam and Frodo back, um, characters that could just like talk to each other about like the world and how big and scary it is and how it's like they stick together and you know, whatever. Um, and like, that's these two guys and it sucks. The story is terrible. Yeah. I feel like they could cut like 90% of the crew and just had like the captain guy and then that would be it. <laughs> They 100% could. And that's what's like so weird to me about this movie is the uh, 1933 King Kong is like 90 minutes long. Like yeah. it is, you know, a really like svelte version of this story because what more do you really need to say other than people go to island, you know, like woman gets kidnapped, Kong gets taken back to New York. And so all the stuff that he added is just so like um, gratuitous. Yeah. Yeah. And Gratuitous then, is is a great way to describe because like it is just like action for action's sake, um, just like a cascading uh, like avalanche of like this begets this begets this, and they they just keep running and just keep, dinosaurs just keep chomping at Naomi Watts and like it just keeps happening. <laughs> Was there dinosaurs in the original movie? <laughs> So there are dinosaurs in the original movie wow. and like Kong fights a T-Rex and, but it, you know, it, it's a very short sequence because, you know, it was 1933, but, and so, yeah, the, uh, but yeah, it does, it does exist, but that's kind of like, I feel like the problem with this version of King Kong is that it takes the stuff that like, I guess like is iconic or works from the 1933 movie and it just like, I don't know, even the stuff that this movie does well, you get bored of it because it just like goes on for too long. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think there are things that the movie does at least conceptually do well um, that like, you know, it takes the sort of iconic images from the original, right? Like um, Kong climbing the... Um, the Empire State Building uh, and like Kong falling in love with the blonde and like justifies them with like character based details, right? Like he's not falling in love with Naomi Watts because she's a pretty blonde lady, which is sort of like the, the accepted mythology. Uh, in this movie, he's falling in love with her because she's good at physical comedy, which is something she cares about. And yeah. like that conceptually works, um, but it's just like, <laughs> when you see it in action and she's like doing these pratfalls in front of him and like throwing herself down and then it goes on for another five minutes it's it's so hard to care about it yeah but it, it was cute when he would he would joke with her <laughs> there was yeah. moments where i was like oh king kong <laughs> yeah i know i like the the pratfalls like the vaudeville stuff that didn't bother me as much as i think it bothered you patrick because the that um Naomi Watts is so good in this movie. Like Naomi Watts is re has yeah. a really unforgiving like role, but she's really likable. She's like the only person in this movie that you care about at all. And that's important, but there's two hours of other people in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They really could cut a lot. Um, and also if they cut a lot, th they should keep Colin in though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Colin would get cut pretty early. No. They need Here's the thing. They don't need the the Sam and Frodo relationship of um of Jamie Bell and right. Hayes, right? They could have had that with yeah. with Jack Black and Colin Hanks. <laughs> They've been in multiple Except movies that, together. That's true. Didn't you just talk about um uh Orange County? 
yeah, Orange County, and then this movie, and then they've been in two Jumanji movies together. Wow. Yeah. And actually, doesn't doesn't Colin Hanks show up in the Tenacious D movie? He does. That's coming up. I haven't seen it yet, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. No spoilers, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um... What I feel like they've done five movies together is what IMDb said. Um, so, yeah, those are the five, right? Yep, we did <laughs> it. I nailed it. Yeah. I think Colin Hanks is fine in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's okay. So from my journey of Colin Hanks so far, he's been he he started out fine. Like he was picking decent roles where he was like kind of like the friend and like a rom-com thing like a high school comedy and then he did orange county and then from there it's been kind of downhill he picked a lot of like bad bad people and i was like oh is he just trying to get away from his dad who's like the good guy and he's trying to do these like bad characters but this one he was just like a nerdy sidekick which i think his thing is nerd right yeah yeah i think yeah, he's his, good thing at is, that. his thing is totally nerd he should stick with this the is, nerd um <laughs> this he should stick with the nerd and it also especially like at this time for colin hanks um like I, this movie is so 2005 to me right like it's uh peter jackson it's jack black it's adrian brody yeah (laughs) um and like i i I feel like this version of colin hanks feels like very early 2000s colin hanks to me yeah i think i remember when i saw it i also was like wow colin's in this movie (laughs) (laughs) did your uh fandom in 2005 for tom hanks extend to colin hanks yet or is that something you came to later um later i think it was just uh oh he's he's tom's son (laughs) 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 he had to earn earn my fandom which i think he has because (laughs) but i think it's because he he isn't chet (laughs) (laughs) man i wish chet was in this movie chet could be one of the guys on the boat oh yeah uh Rachel, when you do the third season of You've Got Hanks and you listen to the Chet Hayes discography, please invite us back for one of those. Please, please yeah. invite us back. Well, he's only done, he's done a few things. He's done like, I think, what is it? The Empire? And he, I think, mm-hmm. and he's done Shameless. Um, And then we have to cover his music videos, right? So Absolutely. <laughs> and albums, anything yeah. he puts out. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll do and his his um oh he's on cameo now so we'll f- track down all the cameo videos and we'll cover those too you could even commission cameo videos from him and then talk about them on your show it'll be very expensive but i'll get one yeah. for each episode and it'll be like the segment will be and now here's chet segment <laughs> okay i do want to ask have you guys been on the universal studios backlot tour <laughs> Yes, I yes, have. have. <laughs> there is the 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 Kong skull. This now we go back to Skull Island, and like Peter Jack. So you're you're in the tram, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, one of the most memorable parts of the tram for me is that in order to get into the King Kong show building, this is they, amazing. This yes. enormous tram has to make the craziest <laughs> angled turn. Yes. <laughs> It's like a it's three so quarters tight. turn in this yeah. like enormous like five car tram, and but the drivers nail it every time. But I don't know how people aren't like falling into the gorge that's right next to it or just yeah. crashing into the building all the time. But well, then and, and they distract you with a video from uh, Peter Jackson that appears on the screen where he's like uh, talking about how they like Warner's uh, came to him and were like, "Do you want to develop a, a special uh, experience for King Kong just for the ride, whatever?" Um, and it's like it's kind of pointless because he's just like, "So we did it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just to distract you. But there is another ride vehicle outside that's like the broken one, right? Oh yeah, they have like yeah, a, right. a tram car outside that's been like smashed, so it looks like like Kong like took his fist and just like punched down on it, or yeah. a dinosaur. You don't know, yeah. or or that's right, one of the T Rexes. Yeah, because in the thing, King Kong saves you, 
um, yeah. from the dinosaurs. And it it's like the scene in the movie where the she's trying to get away from him, but then she, she gets in the dinosaurs and then he comes barreling through the trees and he's like, I'm a monkey. <laughs> yeah, and just, just like in the movie, and this is one of the scenes that I do remember from seeing it in the theater, um, that uh, there's a part where Naomi Watts, King Kong, and three Tyrannosaurus Rexes are tumbling down like the side of a cliff towards a ravine floor, and there are just vines that like keep getting in their way, um, and like that is basically the premise of the ride too, or the this portion of the uh, of the backlot tour, um, and uh, it's just like that's seared in my memory as like something that won't end in the movie. Um, <laughs> And like, it's just, it's so funny to me that the dinosaurs uh, in this moment are so like, they're not animals, they're monsters. And they're out to like, all they want to do is eat Naomi Watts. Because <laughs> um, like, uh, the one of them gets like bound up in, in vines and is like dangling and like has no other recourse, right? Should be panicking for its life, trying to figure out how to get out of this gorge. Um, and instead, it's just snapping its little jaws at Naomi Watts as she drifts by. Yeah. <laughs> But it's good CG for 2005. It is good CG for 2005. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, there there are so many sequences in this movie that um, they just go on way too long. And so it's like a Mr. Show sketch, like where they just continue. Yes. Like I, the, the vines and the T-Rex is such a perfect example. Because it's like, how many times <laughs> can they fall further into it, like in more vines? And nobody was like, we should cut this because it's just the same thing that happened 30 seconds before. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. And I feel like they focus on everyone's death. Like every individual person's death, we get to see it. And it's like, you could have just knocked three people off a cliff and that would be it. <laughs> but it's like one person goes off a cliff. Another person gets eaten by a bug and then goes off a cliff. And then another person, it's like, it's like, individual and then they made us care about so many characters and they killed them all <laughs> yeah it yeah. really revels one like in like the deaths and like the grotesqueries of some of it yeah, yeah. But I, it's, I don't it's the sadistic side of peter jackson right the like the pre-lord of the rings like horror movie schlocky stuff yeah but it's weird because i feel like the i don't feel like the tone changes in this movie are earned because, mm -hmm. you know, in the beginning, it's kind of this, I don't even know how you describe it, very like kind of like whirlwind, um, a little bit like fast talking screwball type opening. But yeah. then when they get to the island, the, the first time they get to the island, there's this really like ugly s sequence with the people who live on the island. Yeah, that is like real gross. <laughs> it's like, re like, I feel like, yeah, like the the depiction of the islanders themselves is not flattering yeah. but then I, f I had forgotten how like in insanely like violent that this sequence is and like how many people are like dying and then it goes and then it has i feel like what peter jackson was trying to do was capture this sense of like a swashbuckling adventure where it's funny and scary yeah. kind of like indiana jones and the temple of doom but because the characters are for the most part very unlikable and because everything is like too extreme almost like everything about this movie is too extreme and it i feel like it never has that sense of adventure it just feels like bad yeah and then uh, you you mentioned uh the characters being unlikable i think we may need to have a little bit of a fight about jack black because i do despite the fact that his character is like despicable right and somehow like survives every encounter that they're in um i just find jack black so endlessly charming <laughs> that like i can't hate him in the way that i think i'm supposed to yeah but yeah. i think that's a but i think that's a failing of this movie i don't yeah. know what do you what do you what do you think rachel how, how do you rate jack black's performance here well, I wanted to, I think it was, I think I also had this when I first watched it. Cause this was like one of his first like serious roles kind of thing. Mm. Um, uh, where I was like, wait, Jack Black's in this movie and he's the kind of the bad guy. I was like confused. Cause like he was making me laugh, but then also he was evil. So I was like, yeah, I don't know how to feel about it. 
I didn't like his character, but I did like him because it's Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he could have been more Jack Black. Like, if he had been, like, Tenacious D style, like, making himself as big of a spectacle as the movie he's trying to make, um, that, like, that would have been more fun to watch. Yeah. I feel like be because he's so likable, like, his arc if you want to call it that because there are no consequences for any of his actions <laughs> no, uh, presumably fine. he gets like yeah rich um but like in the beginning i i feel like what the story is telling you is that he is being reckless and putting people in danger right and so like all of this is his fault in pursuit of a film that probably wouldn't end up being any good anyways but he's just right. like so like driven that but because Jack Black is so like goofy and likable that like that that isn't apparent like it's not really sold and so you're just like why is why does Jack Black so care so much about making this movie yeah well and if like the film exec guys that are like you know uh, uh, dressing him down at the beginning of the movie would articulate that at all if they were like no man you go off for months you spend millions of dollars and like people die on your shoots if they were <laughs> to say to him that like you're a reckless filmmaker and you put out crap at the same time like i think that could that would help like just to understand what his dynamic is supposed to be yeah. well they do kind of do that in the um when they're screening the dailies and they're just like wait why is this just animal footage um, yeah, but that, they're kind of just saying that they don't like it, right? Like that's it's not you're dangerous, which is a different. I feel like it's a different angle on that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they were like, "It's boring. Where's the people? <laughs> Where's the tits?" They said. Yeah, there's there's also this huge like or not huge. There's this like throwaway thing that happens where you know like on the um ship heading to the island when they don't know that they're heading to the island to this like mysterious island the ship is loaded with cages and there's like chloroform that's rolling around and so there's like a big deal made of that like oh is like they're kidnapping animals right they're like taking animals right. and presumably like selling them to zoos or collectors or whatever but like it doesn't actually pose any threat to anybody like it, it doesn't make any difference but it's it's a dramatic beat like oh this is going to come up like something's going to come up this yeah. well but they do they use the chloroform right on on kong later which is like how it comes back but it yeah it definitely isn't it's it framed feels, as it, a threat to yeah, like yes the people yeah well and yeah. then it also like it sort of <laughs> it it is weird then that anyone would be surprised that the goal was capture King Kong, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Why else do you bring just gallons and gallons of chloroform unless you're going to try to knock out a giant monkey? But I don't think Jack Black knew that King Kong was on the island when he was heading towards it. No. What did he think he was going after? <laughs> the island? Just an island? I, I don't know. Dinosaurs, yeah. I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Why weren't they more excited to see dinosaurs? <laughs> I guess they're they harder. They saw a twenty-five foot ape, and they were like, "I guess that's it." Yeah, I guess also they were like, "Oh, Jurassic Park's already a thing. <laughs> we can't have that." That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Also, that you know, they had been through World War One, and so I don't. I <laughs> they were probably fairly, you know, that sense of childlike wonder had been stripped from them. Yeah, you're right. What I thought was going to happen when I saw the captain dude was I was like, oh, he's going to be the one that wants to steal King Kong. And Jack Black's going to be like, no, for my movie. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he's not as bad. And then it turns yeah. out the captain guy is bad. And then I would feel better about all the deaths of all the, the people on the boat because it's like, well, you were working for an evil guy. I don't know. Yeah. And they seem they seem like they're a smarmy crew, right? Like Andy Serkis's character, um, like he seems like he's a sleazeball, right? Like yeah. maybe he's the chef, but he's also like rough and tumble. Why? Why is it? it, it it's like a trope um, that like kind of like surly cook, like in yeah. Atlantis: The Lost Empire. That's the other one I think of. <laughs> you know, like what what is the name of that character? Cookie or something? Like they're yeah, like yeah. the same. They're the same. 
character. That's just like a thing, like the surly like cook on the ship. Yeah. Also, what do you think the conversation was between Circus and Jackson? Do you think that uh, Andy Circus was like, all right, I'll be your computer animated puppeteer, but you got to put me like in the movie, in the movie. I want my <laughs> face in this movie. I'm not going to do another one where people are like, oh, Gollum's the best. Andy, who? <laughs> like he wanted to be in the movie. Yeah. Well, I know him from 13 going on 30. <laughs> Anytime Wait, he's I... in 13 going on 30? Yeah, he's the boss. I don't remember that at all. That's oh crazy. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> when I see him, everyone's like, oh, it's Gollum, whatever. I'm like, no, that's the boss from 13 going on 30. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that's that so, I... so much. <laughs> that's how I know him. You know, Rachel, uh, when, when we all went to see um, Shrek Forever After, mm-hmm. uh. I the 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 rumple still skin the entire time in the beginning I was just like is this ba- like is this Andy Serkis like doing this voice because the character looks like yeah. uh character a mean caricature of Andy Serkis <laughs> who was his voice it was I I guess I could look it was like one of the producers or yeah it was like one of the story editors oh yeah it wasn't anyone. To me, it looked like uh, one of the YouTube guys. <laughs> was it Shane Dawson? <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's who I, I thought, thought it you said like. YouTube guys. Like yeah, you thought one it of the was YouTube... Bono or the Edge or someone. <laughs> it could have been Bono. Um, could have been okay, Bono. Could have been Bono. Uh, did you guys ever play the King Kong video game that came out with this movie? The one on the GameCube? I think so. I read there online. is one on the GameCube. Yeah. Okay. Did you play it? I I played some of it, but oh, actually, we did an episode on Nintendo Cartridge Society where we talked about GameCube games that uh, like might have been overlooked, and this was one of the games. And mm-hmm. one of the like trivia facts I learned about it is that there is a mode that you can enter. At. So at the end. King Kong like wins instead of dying on the Empire State Building. Yay! <laughs> I like Wait, what that. What does it mean for King Kong to win though? What what does that mean? I guess he <laughs> just lives. Like he like okay. knocks down all the airplanes and then, and then he just like rents a flat in Brooklyn or like what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> who, even who can afford that rent? Not like. <laughs> In 1933, he could do it. He could do it. <laughs> what references does King Kong have? Well, I guess he has Andero, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. She's. Um. They could do a show together where they do pratfalls and. I would see that. Yeah, it'd be cute. I actually, I actually kind of like that part in the movie. Like at the end when they're back in New York and King Kong's like locked to the manacles, and you know he's on stage, everybody's watching. Yeah. And then like a a blonde woman is brought on stage, and you're like, oh, is it Andero? And it's not. And I don't know. Like I, I think. King Kong's emotional. I mean, Andy Serkis does a good job. Like King Kong is rendered like real yeah. as a fully realized character. He is truly the most likable character in that movie. I would much rather see a movie. <laughs> I tweeted this where King Kong is like they just they're not fighting him, and then they're just like, "Oh, King Kong, here, come to New York," and they bring him to New York and they show him around. Yeah, and then nice time. when he yeah, and then when he's done. They're like, okay, and he goes back to Skull Island, and then he tells all of his friends about his vacation, <laughs> and then they can come back and visit him for the second movie, the Skull Island one, and it's just a good time, and no one has to die. <laughs> yeah, but this movie, in this movie, everyone has to die. Like, that's just that's just what has to happen. Everyone has to die, except for Naomi Watts and Adrian Brody. Which yeah. we've been we've been tiptoeing around Adrian Brody. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple questions. Yeah. About his character, Jack whatever. Driscoll. Driscoll, thank you. Um is he what is what kind of writer is he? Because <laughs> once they get to the island, he appears to be like a hyper competent, like outdoorsman, right? So like is he like an Ernest Hemingway or is he like uh, like a stuck in New York uh, like theater writer? Like, what is he? What what kind of writer is this guy? He 
was a theater guy. Loves who, a theater. Who it can write a movie about two people who fall in love on a boat um, and then go to an island. Um, but then he, he's like, no, now I'm do comedies. Because that did was... He, <laughs> did he, he changed his entire genre just because of meeting Ann Darrow? Yeah. He was like, she's my muse. I'm inspired to write about her. <laughs> Mark doesn't like it. No? No, this... Uh, I, I think um, Adrian Brody is not a leading man love interest. And so to try to make like the, yeah, it, it's just weird to be like, well, really the relationship in this movie is between Andero and King Kong. And so like Jack Driscoll, he's not a villain. He's just kind of like the human white good guy for Andero <laughs> to go back to. And so you're like, huh, okay, like, I'm not rooting for you guys, but narratively, you seem to exist exclusively for this purpose. Yeah. But she was in love with his writing before they met. <laughs> <laughs> I Can I, I, not to bring us down, but I feel I like know. that's like, can you make a King Kong movie that is not inherently racist? Because I feel like, they know hmm, like 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 you're like you were saying patrick they try to kind of do it like by making it be well king kong likes her because she's funny and like that kind of stuff but i don't know even the the whole when you're watching it it's just kind of like weird and icky because they had the opportunity i don't know exactly what you would do but like why does jack driscoll need to exist you know like what why does that character need to exist other than just to make uh, white people feel good that Andero's like going to him at the end. Yeah, I mean it. It's it's hard because there's so much colonialism built into the narrative of King Kong, right? That uh, like white uh, people, white explorers, uh, go to a previously undiscovered land, and undiscovered is in quotes because obviously someone discovered it. They're living there, um, <laughs> and they plunder it for their resources. Uh, they take those resources back to uh, the civilization again in quotes, um, and uh, obviously pay a price for it. But yeah, like there's there's no way to really present that in a way that isn't centering. I mean, I guess that would be what you'd have to do is you'd have to not center the experience of the colonialists. Yeah. So no, it's 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 racist no matter what. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna work. But I think my story would work, where King <laughs> Kong comes to the city, yeah. has a good time, and then goes home. <laughs> I I think that's a great pitch. I'm imagining like the poster and the tagline is something like "Big Ape takes the big dot 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 banana." <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, instead of the big apple, I get it. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, oh, oh, what if one time he like they, you know how sometimes the Empire State Building changes colors, they make it yeah. yellow, and he's like banana, and he goes to it. Like, <laughs> he tries no, to no, peel no. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yes, totally. King Kong is also like a minion. He <laughs> loves bananas. Banana. <laughs> he tries to peel you know, it, but that's when he climbs it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm just realizing now we don't see King Kong eat a single banana in this movie. <laughs> Does he even like cheated. bananas? Do, do, we don't know. <laughs> what did he eat? Did he yeah. eat at all? Do you think it's sad when King Kong walks into his cave and you see all the dead like Kong skeletons? Yeah. 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 I think that's sad. Cause you're like, <laughs> cause you're like, what, what happened to them is King like, have they've clearly been dead a super long time unless their bones have been stripped by which is actually that's possible. But like, is King Kong just, but King Kong's a very empathetic. I feel bad for King Kong. He's like on this Island. He's mm -hmm. just trying to live his life. You know, uh, these bats are trying to always like bite him. Um, yeah. he has T-Rexes to bats. fight. And mm -hmm. then, uh, his well, entire like civilization is dead. He's messed up too. Like through the entire movie, he's got like deep scars all over his body and face. Like 
King Kong has lived a life. Um, they they say that uh, you know on his home island he was a king, but like was he? Yeah. Or was he just was he just the last surviving member of his species who barely scraped by? That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. I, so the one part of the movie that moment like I do think King like King Kong the character has a very sad arc, and when he was on top of the world of the uh, Empire State Building. And like he's with Anne and they see the sunset and the planes start coming. And it's a nice callback that... to when they saw the sunset uh, over over Skull Island. Yeah, like I found that very effective. But then the sequence, like the airplanes just keep coming and the sequence goes on for like way too long. Yeah. And so <laughs> you like forget, oh, that's a nice moment because how many times does no right. Naomi Watts need to like climb up a ladder and then fall down and how many times does Kong need he to keeps swat away putting her down he keeps, <laughs> he keeps putting her down she's like I'm gonna run to you again and he's like no I put you when I put you down yeah but the, the first part of that sequence I think is really effective yeah I agree with that yeah. I like them ice skating or on the on the pond that was cute let's talk about the physics of that though <laughs> how deep is this ice um you're right and it also doesn't get that cold in new york so not in december yeah it's decorated for christmas well yeah. also that like I, I i like that sequence too i think it's a really like nice moment but um the like the other physics of just like naomi watts being like swung around like that yeah like <laughs> like necks are just snapping right there's there's so much momentum oh and yeah. Like earlier when he is shaking her like on Skull Island as like before they're friends. Yeah, he is whipping her around. She has no unbroken ribs by the time they get to the top of, of that mountain. Yeah. I was wondering about that too, but I guess you're just supposed to be like, eh. Yeah. 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 Suspension of disbelief. How many I'm just trying to imagine the like the making of this movie it must have been so complex. How many just like shooting days do you think were Naomi Watts in like a animatronic arm just being like shook around <laughs> while she just has to scream like days on days on end. I think I read somewhere that this movie took from like September to March to film or something like that. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, but that seems that still seems like also this movie the budget was 270 million which at the time was the highest was the wow. most expensive until 2006. <laughs> so only for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what What beat it in 2006? I don't know. It was one of those x-ray things. So I saw it and I... Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it grossed $562 million, So it did pretty well. I feel like it would have grossed more if it was a shorter film. Yeah. Because you can sell more tickets because you can have more show times. And it would have been a better movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that too. <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> also, I feel like if they cut this, I think someone should still cut this down because you can cut a lot out, make yeah. it a shorter movie, and then you can play it on TV more. Because right now you're running at like a whole, it's like a Titanic thing or a situation where it's on all day because it's so long. <laughs> and if it's shorter, then you can put it on TV and then yep. you can make more money off of it. Peter, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you just you think, loved too deeply. Yeah. Do you think they wanted to like start a franchise with this? Like um, 2005 is like maybe a little bit early to like still be thinking about like hyper franchising everything like like we do now um but like you know peter jackson's coming off lord of the rings a like high profile uh, series three movies and they're all super long too like do you think that there was a part of like the studio team that wanted this to be the kickoff to a series of king kong movies probably I read somewhere I'm trying to I'm on the Wikipedia page right now and I'm trying to find because there there's a little blurb in here where it talks about like at some point Jackson pitched Universal on a sequel that like takes place during like World War One. Um, so it would have okay. been like a prequel. But yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. Do you guys remember or are familiar at all with the King Kongs from the 70s? Uh, so 
in the mm-hmm. 70s, they remade King Kong and he climbs the World Trade Center towers instead of um, the Empire State Building because it was the 70s. It's but like these are the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. But, but then uh, but they made a sequel to it, like um, where King Kong gets like a heart transplant. That's the that's like a VW bug, essentially. And then they Perfect. go to the island to find its son. Um, but I think in general, like King Kong, I, I don't know. King Kong is pretty self-contained, you know? Yeah. Well, they I don't I didn't see it, but they recently had the King Kong versus Godzilla movie, which um, no spoilers. I don't know who wins. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I bet they uh, unite to fight a common enemy. That's my guess. I hope they both decided, hey, let's go to New York City. And then they go <laughs> on vacation together. And they peel the giant banana together. Yeah. And oh, what if Godzilla, because he has tiny, I don't know, does he have tiny arms? I'm, I'm assuming he has tiny arms. Um, they're, he they're tries sort to of take, tiny, yeah. Yeah. He tries to take a selfie and he can't do it. And that's when King Kong's like, give it to me. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, hold, he holds the camera in his foot. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I got it. And they're like, I, oh. <laughs> I feel like the era for this movie was the 90s when Donald Trump could have had a cameo in it like he does oh in. <laughs> home alone oh. too, too. <laughs> but instead he's like hey and then they step on him <laughs> yeah yeah and they're like oops sorry because <laughs> but it's more like <laughs> don't know how to, i was gonna go for godzilla noises but then i went <laughs> i don't know what i said <laughs> i would love if those were godzilla noises just you going <laughs> I don't know what he sounds like. Um, I did. Okay. So for this season of the podcast, I'm having people design um, Hank's kerchiefs. So uh, we didn't talk much about Colin, but he's also not much in this movie. <laughs> I, I guess the one thing I'll say is that he is he acquits himself well, the character. His character is right about everything. He's like, this is a bad idea. Let's not do it. Um, oh, and okay. he was 100% right. But he doesn't affect any change. All he does is voice his <laughs> objection. And then it's like, well, I guess I'm still your assistant. I mean, yeah. boys gotta eat. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we gotta get Colin Hanks in here. It's, it's, um, the, it's, the, it's the depression, right? Nobody's eating. Yeah. There's that whole sequence in the beginning in the vaudeville theater that made me want to like die, but I, it was so like sincere that I kind of was charmed by it at the same time where they're like, oh, when, you know, uh, Ann Darrow, Naomi Watts is, she's in the vaudeville theater and they're like, and she's like, don't worry, things will pick up tomorrow, right? And everybody's looking around like, who's going to tell her, you know? And then the old guy that's like, I haven't eaten in two weeks, but I sure know how to cough on cue. (laughs) He was so cute too. And then he was gone. (laughs) You know that he's dead by the end of that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. weird that we don't we don't follow back up with that character at all. No, but it shows that Naomi Watts really loves um, uh, people who uh, sad people. That's right. That's right. And it also shows that Colin Hanks was character was smart to just get a paycheck where he could. Yeah, I guess I guess that is right. I do really like the scene between uh, Colin Hanks and Adrian Brody in the theater, like in, oh, yeah. in the third act when they're back in New York. Um, because uh, Colin Hanks is doing, he is acting the part of a dude who has seen some shit, right? Mm-hmm. He's got like some scars on his face and he's just like, well, we're, we're back from this. Like there's, there's a thousand yard stare to him and like he never makes eye contact with Adrian Brody. Um, like he seems like a damaged dude. Yeah. I also like the scene where um, Jack Black's character, like after the cameraman dies and he gives the same spiel that he did about the sound guy and and Colin is like, what? And he's like, he's realizing this guy is heartless. And he's like, he's like, you're going to say the same thing about me if I die. But yeah, I did like Colin in this movie. I thought he was great, but also his character wasn't necessary. But we love Colin. We'd love to see him. So, you know, put him in movies. But, um, okay. So, um, I don't know if you know this, but Colin has a line of Hank's kerchiefs. They're handkerchiefs called Hank's kerchiefs. 
And okay. I'm having my guest this season design a Hank's kerchief based on the movie they saw. So you just have to verbally pitch me what you think should be on a King Kong Hank's kerchief. <laughs> my pitch yeah. is that we invoke the spirit of the movie, but our Hank's kerchief is the movie that we wanted to see, and it should be focused on King Kong's trip to New York. Um, and so it's almost like uh, 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 highlights of the things he saw, like New York or King Kong with the Statue of Liberty, Aww. King Kong trying to peel the Empire State Building, that sort of stuff. King Kong oh. trying to eat at the yeah. uh, Times Square Olive Garden. Oh, I yeah. want him going to the M&M store. <laughs> oh, He's fun. waiting in line at the tickets booth. Oh, man. Yeah. And then he goes to see Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. He has or a standing he... room only seat. <laughs> right. yeah. Or he's like standing in line, like waiting for uh, th those tickets and he doesn't get them. So he's got to find something yeah. else to do. Like, no. And then someone's like, you're telling me. <laughs> and then that's. <laughs> I like it. Um, what color would this Hank's kerchief be? Hmm. I can Can it be? Can the background of it be the like sunset colors? <gasps> oh yeah, that's so nice. we get that we get that sweet moment. Yeah, I like that. It'll be um, ooh. It could be yeah. like um tie dyed. You know the fading of the and then that's very in right now. The kids will love it. <laughs> kids love it now. Yeah. I love it. Um, um, I have I have a quick alternate pitch, okay, um, which is just uh, the you know the I Heart New York, the I yeah. Heart NY. Um, do that, but instead of a heart, it's just King Kong's face. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's cute. And would it be a white handkerchief? I think it has to be a white handkerchief because you you want to appeal to the simplicity of the I Heart New York. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. And then it could also be the same color as Naomi Watts dress that never gets dirty. Not even a little. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Another thing I'm doing this season is I'm making my guests do BuzzFeed quizzes. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I, I didn't make one this week because there are a few God, uh, not God, <laughs> King Kong ones on so I found this one that says, pretend to be a giant monster to reveal, reveal if you're more Godzilla or King Kong. Um, so who wants to take the quiz first? Mark, why don't you take it first? Okay, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll um, go first. Okay. What kind of giant animal are you? Dog, eel, cow, or parrot? <laughs> I... I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say a dog. I'm more of a dog. I think. <laughs> okay. It's a good pick, Mark. It's a good pick. <laughs> How did you become a giant monster? <laughs> Born that way? Failed science experiment? Bit by a radioactive <laughs> spider? Or I don't know. <laughs> well, and we, we. I just want to pause here because we have to acknowledge it's not that it's not your failed science experiment. It's someone else's failed science yeah. experiment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Failed science experiment. Baby, I, I was just born this way. <laughs> um, Where are my little monsters at? <laughs> uh, what is your giant name? <laughs> the giant thing, the tremendous terror, the magnificent monster, or the beast without a name? Well, I think I would be the magnificent monster because do you remember that like improv class introduction thing where you have to like, you know, yeah. alliterate with your name to be like, mm -hmm. I'm like magical yeah. Mark. I'm sure I've used Marvelous at some point. So that feels yeah. like uh, that feels like the one I need to use. <laughs> I was always rocking Rachel. Um, <laughs> okay. That's what good. Do That's a I good one. I would use I would use perfect Patrick sometimes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what action would you do for that? Like hand like on the hip? I would stand up straight and like put my hands oh, under my chin mm -hmm. and kind of oh, like cute. shake my head in a snooty way. Cute. Um, okay. What do you destroy? A big city. I live in the ocean. A small town. 
or an island? You know, I, I'm a city person. I think I destroy a big city. <laughs> I just want to know what city Mark would want to destroy most as a giant monster. Oh, see, that's hard because there's lots of cities I want to see, but which one would I want to destroy? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, this feels this feels like a like entrapment by the FBI. It is. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's a trick question. I, I refuse I, to I answer. I don't think you should answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what is your favorite thing to destroy? Cars, skyscrapers, planes, or humans? <laughs> That's called um, that's one's murder. <laughs> <laughs> um I guess my favorite things to destroy um well I I'm I'm very eco-conscious so I would say cars. Okay. Um Lightning McQueen would you kill him first, right? <laughs> <laughs> um okay, finally, how were you taken down? Um the government destroyed me. I'm still alive. I fell off a skyscraper or I shrank to normal size. <laughs> um, well, I'm scared of heights, so I don't know that I would necessarily scale a skyscraper. So, you know, I'm going to say fingers crossed that I'm still alive. Yeah. Bold answer. Wow. You got Godzilla. <laughs> Roar, you're Godzilla. You fight for what you believe in and we uh and are known to come save friends and family just at the nick of time. That is eerily accurate. <laughs> okay, Patrick. It's like getting a, a horoscope reading. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's 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 run it again. <laughs> okay. What kind of giant animal are you? Dog, eel, cow, or parrot? I'm gonna go with parrot. <laughs> No one wanted to be a giant cow. <laughs> no one wants to be a giant cow. It doesn't make any sense. Even a giant eel is kind of like, well, no. You sh I mean, the giant eel, that makes me think of Mario 64, which I do like. Oh, but I'm yeah. going to go with Parrot, um, just going off of like the, the perfect Patrick thing of yeah. being like standing up straight and being colorful. Yeah. Okay. How did you become a giant monster? Born that way? Failed science experiment? Bit by a radioactive spider? I don't know. Uh, so I, is the implication that I'm a man who was bit by a radioactive spider and became a giant parrot? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's the one I choose. <laughs> <laughs> what is your giant name? That giant thing, the tremendous terror, the magnificent monster, or the beast without a name? The tremendous terror. <laughs> no one wanted to be that giant thing. <laughs> it's not specific enough. <laughs> Um, okay, what do you destroy? A big city, I live in the ocean, a small town, or an island? I think I'm also going to want to destroy a city. I'm also a city boy. Okay, well, which city are you? <laughs> oh, I'm going to destroy <laughs> Chicago, man. <laughs> I, I lived there for four years. I love it. Uh, I'm going to take it down. Wow. Lots of tall buildings, a big lake you can cool off in. It would be great. Yeah. The elevated oh. train, come on. Is there still a giant Marilyn Monroe statue? In Chicago? Right? I I went once and there was a giant Marilyn Monroe statue. Oh, I don't know. Are, are you thinking of the bean? The no. like, famous <laughs> She's thinking of the bean. <laughs> no, but if you're a giant you're a giant parrot, you could go hang out at the bean and it would be a regular size bean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's good. And then I could catch like a concert in Grant Park or something. It would be it would be great. No oh, fun. Um, okay. What is your favorite thing to destroy? Cars, skyscrapers, planes, or humans? Oh, I think I gotta go with planes, right? If if I'm a parrot and I'm flying around. Oh, I'm taking yeah. down planes. Yeah, they're in your way. Mm -hmm. Okay, finally, how were you taken down? The government destroyed me. I'm still alive. I fell off a skyscraper or I shrank to normal size. I'm going to say that I shrank to normal size, that the radioactive spider's bite wore off. Okay. Um, you also got Godzilla. <laughs> Roar, you're Godzilla. You fight for what you believe in and are known to come save friends and family just at the nick of time. 
Wow. So none of you are King Kong. <laughs> I wonder what it takes to be King Kong. I know. I guess I bet you have to fall off a skyscraper. I think that probably helps. Yeah. I mean, I said that I would fight planes. I guess they both fight planes. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen Godzilla in so long. That was Matthew Broderick, right? In one yeah. of them, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then um, Eleven in another one, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Wow. There's been a lot of Godzilla movies. Wait, is Kyle Chandler in one of those movies too, as he is also in this movie? Yeah, because he? he is Eleven's dad. <gasps> yeah, that's right. Wow. We didn't talk at all about, uh, was his name Buddy Baxter, or whatever that character's name is in this movie? Yeah, he's the actor. He's the actor. Um, he's also Who? a character that wasn't necessary. Totally. Okay. Well, um, now we've come to the end where we're going to rate the movie. But first, I never asked you, what is your favorite Colin Hanks movie? Mark, would you like to go first? I suspect we may share our answer, but I I'm gonna say Band of Brothers, although I think he's in it for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um and like in one episode, but uh I really like Band of Brothers. Wow. That's a good answer. Um for for me it's Fargo season one. Um the relationship between uh him and uh Allison, what's her name, uh is so good uh that like I just I I, it's it's one of my like go-to ships uh, uh just like of all time i just want them to be together and be happy i oh. totally forgot he was in fargo season one that is a good pick that's a very good pick wow i'm excited to see it oh uh, so are you doing it for this show yeah oh rachel yeah oh sorry <laughs> i love it <laughs> i got you for king kong instead <laughs> um <laughs> Well, okay, now we're going to rate the movie out of five Colin Hankses. How many Colin Hankses do you give King Kong? I think uh, out of out of five Colin Hankses? Yeah. Can I give it like two Colin Hankses and one Chet? Yeah. Okay, that's what I rank it. <laughs> Is it, well, can I ask a, a clarification? Are we ranking Colin Hanks' performance or the movie itself? You know, I leave it up to anyone. Um, you can do like Colin in it, but then it might be lower because he's not really in it, or the movie, or just you know, gut reaction. <laughs> okay, yeah. My first when you said rank it out of five Collins, I was like, oh, this is a two Colin movie, and yeah, so I think it's a two Colin movie. Yeah. I'll also give it a two Colin movie, but if they edit it down so that they can play it on TV then it might be a higher movie. Or if they just remake it about King Kong going to New York and having a good time with Naomi Watts, that that will be a five Colin yeah. movie. That's an yeah. easy five Colin. Easy yeah. five Colin. Yeah. Um, okay. And um, where can people find you? <laughs> people can find us twice a week on the Nintendo Cartridge Society podcast. Uh, you can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it's uh, on Tuesday, we go through whatever is new and in the news as far as Nintendo goes. And then on Thursday, we've got special topic episodes where we talk about fun things in Nintendo. Um, and are there any King Kong things? <laughs> Donkey Kong. <laughs> oh, okay. D- is, is Donkey Kong inspired by King Kong? There was a whole lawsuit between Nintendo and Universal about um, if Donkey Kong infringed on the King Kong copyright, and Universal ended up losing. So legally, no, there is no association. <laughs> wow, I you know what? They should do a Donkey Kong movie where he goes to New York. <laughs> Absolutely. I yeah. mean, it's 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 a gold idea, really. Insert blank Kong goes to New York, and I'm into it. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter which Kong, any of any one of them. I'm happy. Donkey King, or um, I don't know if there's any other Kong I know of. Oh, girl, we have got a podcast for you all about. We ranked all the Kongs in in the Donkey Kong game. There's Diddy Kong. There's Diddy Kong, there's Dixie Kong, there's Candy Kong, there's Funky Kong, there's Cranky Kong, there's Wrinkly Kong. We are just up to our necks in Kongs. 
Okay, well, I'll go listen to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for doing this. It's been really fun, and I can't wait to have you on for Chet Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thanks. Thank, thank so you for fun. having us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Hanks for listening. <laughs> okay, bye. It's a Tom Hanks podcast. Wow, it's Tom Hanks podcast. You've got Hanks, so let's say thanks for